Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the UNH Wildcast, the official podcast of the University of New Hampshire Wildcats. And now, here's your host, Mike Murphy. Welcome in to the UNH Wildcast, powered by Unitil. My name is Mike Murphy, and I am your friend. Happy Friendsgiving weekend, my friends. I am all about the idea that you are tired. Tired of being surrounded by loved ones. You're tuning into your second episode of the UNH Wildcast during this long weekend. Hopefully by now you are still basking in the success of listening to the second annual Kaplan Family Thanksgiving episode, which was released on Thursday. Well, we felt the need to come right back because it is a huge, huge weekend in Wildcat country. Our 16th ranked underrated. That's true. That's true. 16th ranked, a little... A little underrated. We should have been. We were top six until about a week and a half ago. But I digress. Our 16th ranked, 16th seeded UNH men's soccer team headed to Corvallis, Oregon to take on number one seed Oregon State in the third round. The Sweet 16 of the NCAA men's soccer championship Sunday night, November 28th, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Now the Cats earned this trip by virtue of a very gratifying 4-1 to defeat of the University of North Carolina at Wildcat Stadium last Sunday, November 21st. It's been an absolute joy to watch this team game after game and the success upon which each team seems to improve from the year before. I mean, these are the good old days when it comes to men's soccer. We're obviously rooting for more games to go on the road to December, eventually the College Cup in Cary, North Carolina. But it is amazing to to think about what this team has done. And today, we are not looking any further forward than the next assignment. So, for your audio pleasure, we present the UNH Wildcast, powered by Unitil. Around these parts, there's nothing better than winning. And joining me now, guys who win a lot, the Wildcat men's soccer team. It is Thanksgiving weekend here on the Wildcast, and so we have some folks we have to welcome in as we get ready to send the Cats off to Corvallis, Oregon. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, the team is probably already there. You at home, tired of being around your family, so 9 o'clock Sunday night, You'll be uh, watching. We don't know quite yet, so go to unhwildcats.com what the TV situation is, but we will. We will. Let's welcome in first the head coach of the men's soccer team in the round of 16 in the NCAA tournament as the number 16 seed, a return guest on the Wildcast. It is Mark Hubbard. Coach Hubbard, welcome back. Cue in the applause sound effects. You can hear them. Listen closely. You're far away by the time they hear it, but you can hear it. Yeah, I'm assuming this is the... The first podcast of the year since you invited me to it? Uh, yes, opening day. That's right. Um, okay. You're a diehard listener yep. who's a subscriber, so you would know if there had been previous episodes. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome back. <laughs> Straight from the practice field, no less. All right. Well, you're back, but we have uh, others who are, have not been here in a while. First, from the goaltending world, and he told me I've been saying his name right, so that's good for me to hear. From the United Arab Emirates, we welcome Jossam Kolila. Jossam, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thrilled to have you here. And now from not quite as far away, the great town of Concord, New Hampshire, number 22, Liam Bennett. Liam, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me here today. Well, you guys have done a great job, so congratulations all around. And we have different stories to to get to, but the big story is simply being in 
the round of 16. So, Liam, you've been around the longest as far as the playing goes. What does this mean to you, the program, that you're going as far as you possibly can away from New Hampshire to represent the university in the round of 16? Uh, so, <clears throat> way back, like, sophomore year, high school, actually, I got to see them go to the Sweet 16. Uh, so, just to see, like, the feeling of, like, that accomplishment and uh, now that we're back there is a pretty pretty amazing feeling uh, and obviously want to go farther than uh, what they what they've done in the past so yeah it's just an exciting uh, moment for us for sure I have to play off that so you're a sophomore in high school Concord High Roll Tide you're, you're here as a fan you're here as a recruit what was the situation and what do you remember about the the atmosphere and what UNH soccer was then yeah I mean it was well, first of all, uh, sophomore year, they were talking to me. Uh, so, I mean, I remember actually after the game, uh, Mark was saying, so now you want to come here? Like, because they just made to the Sweet 16. And, I mean, after that, um, it was all in for UNH for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to be back. Uh, and um, now I'm a junior, so uh, just to see the, the years of uh, – what the, what the team and what the culture we've brought here um, is it's pretty pretty special. Well, I want to obviously add that all conversations were, were NCAA compliant. Yes, yeah. of course, of yeah, course. So. Yes. That's true. And right now we can't be blamed for anything that happened in the past anyway, but yeah, let's as, face it. As the profile of our program <laughs> raises, the, the haters will come after us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people want to recruit against you any which way they can, but it's nice to hear, Coach, when you have someone from the Granite State who – grows up around here much like yourself we've told the story people can go in the archives but they want to stay home the very best in this state want to be part of what UNH soccer is yeah I think we always want the best players in the state to want to come and represent because it adds a, a special value to to what we're doing and um, uh, there's a lot of a lot more pride at stake I think um, you know you could kind of definitely you can definitely feel that the other day on the field at Wildcat Stadium and uh, in front of all those fans and what we were able to do and how much it means to the the people of this community and school and in in state to to be able to do something like that and uh i feel like it can go one of two ways uh recruiting wise for kids in new hampshire you, you either want to get out and experience something completely new in the world which we're not opposed to stopping anyone from doing that but for the most part um i think the the best players have wanted to to come and be a part of what we've built and you've also found players from elsewhere who want to be part of this who don't have any previous connection to New Hampshire. So naturally, I look over at Jossum, who goes from Western Asia to Western Iowa, right here in Eastern New Hampshire. So tell us a bit about why UNH, when did you learn about this university and want to come be a student athlete here? Uh, so I learned about it before going to junior college in Iowa. Um, Coach Hubbard and and Coach Rich as well both contacted me, but then I obviously had to go through the path of uh, junior college and able to be eligible for the NCAA. And um, them being a top program for for the past few years and coming out of junior college and knowing that they're only doing better and for a top program to contact you twice is not something you should turn down in my eyes. So just that that instantly showed me like, how much they do care about having the like how much importance like they gave me importance like uh instantly felt that I was going to be part of something big here and uh honestly since I've gotten here it's 
been definitely a consistent thing, just being part of a good program, good team, and most of all, good people. So it's been a pleasure to, to be here so far and hopefully to many more good years. <laughs> Amen to that. We'll knock on proverbial wood. But is it common for players your age from your country to look to come to the United States? What goes into that as far as personal choices? I mean, for me, obviously, I, I had played overseas. So I had left Dubai when I was 16 and um, just constantly searching to play at the highest level I can is what I thrive for. And uh, the level of soccer back home is definitely not the best. So obviously when I had finished school and I was trying to continue education whilst playing at a high level, UNH was the perfect place. So When you're searching for, and we've had this conversation in, in some ways, straight performs coach, but when you're finding players from literally all corners of the globe, how do you locate someone like Jossam and begin the conversation? Yeah, I mean, we've we've been doing it long enough to have contacts, and um, you know, I think in the, in this case, it was a it's more along the lines of like our consistent process of when recruits come to campus, how we how we approach and deal with them. Um, you know, everyone that we recruit or we bring on campus doesn't mean that they're going to end up here, but they can leave UNH with a good impression and. Um, a good feeling and you just never know where it's going to end up and that was in Jossum's case is is you know we, we took him in didn't really know too much about him but met him and his father and took him around and um, he went through the process and kind of helped steer a little bit in terms of Iowa Western but ended up at a good place that we have a good connection with and we were able to track him and um, he was able to develop you know as a, as a person uh, <laughs> academic and, and player there and um, we were happy when um, you know the time was to to come here, and it, it was in a it was in a good time in the in the middle of the year, which is always great because you can have six months in that spring semester to kind of get yourself acclimated to to life here, um, and and put put yourself in a position to be successful in the fall, which is exactly what Josh did. So, do you have a situation now where because of the success of this program for so long, there's a lot of unsolicited People saying, look at my tape, look who I am, and you uh, have to filter through. Well, there's definitely a lot of communication that's built up that we, we haven't necessarily done as good of a job the last month, like trying to sift and get through. I think that's more of a product of, yeah, our success, but also each year we're, we're becoming a little bit more um, specific in our needs and our ro roles that we're trying to replace. So we're, uh, we're targeting something a little bit more specific, so it becomes, I think, harder to to sift through all of the, the communication that comes in. But try and, again, still do a good job, uh, communicate well, leave leave everyone with a good impression of who we are as people, and you never know where that's going to end up. Liam, going back to you, you talked about being here and the peak of Wildcat soccer before this year was a Sweet 16 appearance. But <laughs> growing up playing the sport, when was soccer your number one priority as far as athletics goes, and what other sports were you playing growing up before soccer became the focal point yeah i mean throughout middle school like i played basketball uh i tried hockey when i was little but uh pretty much uh soccer has been there since i was maybe like five or four years old i mean it's probably the number one sport that i picked out of all of them so um 
and definitely down the line it you was think you think you did what <laughs> you think i mean i'm pretty sure you're dead because you're playing here right <coughs> yeah but i mean usually americans t- tend to take a couple more sports <laughs> you know but yeah yeah i think it's not it's one thing to be an american and play at a high level in college but specifically being from the granite state and, and what unh is this is no coincidence by now there's a lot of new hampshire born guys like you who have gravitated here and fit right in what is it about playing, growing up playing soccer in New Hampshire that creates Division One players? Yeah, I mean, uh, you definitely have to get through a lot of diver- like diversity, and like it's really tough at sometimes. Like, uh, it's it's the the climate, everything. Uh, just uh, I know coming from coming to here, uh, you have that experience uh, over some players, but uh, definitely like meeting a, a variety of different people from around the world is something that is challenging and what their level is and how you can compete with them um, is definitely one of the biggest things that I've learned. In your case, Chossum, how is the transition when you come to this school, come to this country, meeting all these new people, how quickly before you felt you really belonged and how, who helped you belong? Honestly, it didn't take too long to feel, to feel at home. Having been to different countries very consistently and especially having been at Iowa where we had a very diverse group um coming here felt like just straight in felt like family like uh being obviously my first semester being um under the ranks of uh alejandro robles and he made me feel instantly part of uh part of the project um obviously not playing is always tough but if you're not playing and the guy above you is just a role model and someone you can follow in his steps then it's perfect and then obviously the local guys like Liam, Jake, like these guys here just instantly make you feel like if you ever need anything that you can go up to them. And then obviously again with the diversity like for for me like guys like Paul Mayer and, and Victor Menudia, like these two, they speak French and so do I. So instantly being familiar with all these different people, just everything just clicked so quickly. Coach, what are the top three languages spoken in the Wildcat soccer locker room? Uh... uh I don't know. New, does New Hampshire have a specific dialect? It's not. Um, <laughs> it's different than that, English, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of course, but it yeah, speaks to the culture. I would say English, French, German are probably the three. Um, you know, we do have a, a South Korean coming next year. Uh, Josh speaks Arabic, which he never really does, but that's, that's unique. <laughs> but you could. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have some Italian in there, uh, Portuguese. We've had Spanish in the past, but right now, and obviously some Scandinavian stuff, but uh, right now probably French, German, and English. I don't know if there's any other coach that would have a hard time answering that question at this university, and that speaks to the culture, the melting pot once people get here. And, I, and I've heard student-athletes be on this show before just talking in general. No one feels uncomfortable when they come in, it seems. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot about those players and you certainly and your staff to make everyone feel welcome once you put the Wildcat uniform on. All right, we'll figure out how to communicate, but you're here. You're one of us now. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have some bare minimum of uh, English proficiency to to get here. Uh, but does, you know, some of the guys do continue to surprise me how poor their English is when they get here. But um, I think for the most part, like, they're, the the locker room is, is just so accepting um, and – the diversity is something that we embrace and we're proud of. Um, we know we 
instantly had a different element to the campus and to the school. And um, part of our story is always that we have guys in our own backyard, but we also have guys from across the globe. And um, the challenge of getting them to work together collectively is something we, we always take pride in. And they take care of one another. And if you're outside of the sort of the region, you always have a home away from home uh, instantly, like Joss is explaining with some of the, the local guys. So some of those relationships are brewed very early um, once they get here. And um, the, par the parents have been fabulous in terms of supporting and being there for the guys uh, uh, whenever they need them, including upcoming Thanksgiving meals. Um, you know, I, I went in on Monday and asked if if anyone needed a place and it, not everyone already had a place to go. So, I mean, I think that's just says, speaks volumes of, of our, our culture and our extended families and parents that um, are connected to the program here. Let's stick with the theme of support. I want to learn what it's like to be the players out there for these home games in particular, because watching, you feel the vibe. The win against North Carolina was a fever pitch just a few days ago. But Jossum, as someone who's in net, experiencing it firsthand, what can you say about what the fans mean to you when you're competing at Wildcat Stadium? I think it's, I think it's unbelievable. Like I think it's uh, when you're a kid, you kind of dream of having so many people watching you. And um, like in previous places where I've played, it's nothing like what it is here. Like the, there's the energy you get. Like the, for example, the Providence game as well, or when we played Vermont, like. Uh, games like this, UNC, like a few days, a few days ago, when you have that many people, just everyone's literally every time a single one of our players goes into a tackle, gets the ball, does everything, and you can just hear all these fans like cheering. It just you just go up to another level, and it's it's something I just still stick to. Like you always dream about it as a kid, and you want to live that every single week, so every game day. Liam, how about the, the students in particular? I bet wearing the New Hampshire soccer sweatshirt around campus, you get a lot of people talking to you, but the student turnout to watch the games has been off the charts this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely we've built a culture here, as Hubs says a lot. Um, I mean, meeting a lot of alumni uh, and hearing their viewpoints of what it was like uh, when they were playing uh, versus now is, is pretty amazing. Uh, and just the students here... Um, are more focused on coming to the games and they want they want to watch us and uh, we're we're bringing the soccer soccer culture here to UNH and it's exciting for sure. I know being a number 16 seed is probably disappointing based on how the regular season went. So you, the the way the draw goes, you have to play against number one, but you want to play number one at some point, coach. So looking ahead here to Oregon State Sunday night at nine o'clock, what was your response when you realized this would be the opponent? <laughs> Well, you're coming off of uh, an extremely disappointing display in the American Championship game, and all just kind of deflated about that, and kind of not, not really any close to the version of ourselves, and and how, how uh, painful that was to watch another team celebrate on our field, and just just a terrible feeling to um, the next day, <coughs> still coming away with a a bye in a in a home game, uh, just you know, doesn't instantly make it better, but um, makes you realize that um, your body of work was appreciated. And for us, getting that by was everything because um, 
we've been in the position the previous three years of having to play a first round game at home and then have to go on the road. And when we, when we made the, the trek to Indiana that we were able to obviously just go to Dartmouth and win in PKs. So it wasn't much of a trek, but when you have to on a Thursday, then go to Virginia tech and play or UNC <laughs> come up here and play, it's a huge advantage. And, um, so I was just happy to, to be able to get that and then not looking too much forward past that. But you, you, we put ourselves in a position to um, each year, I think, uh, since we've been here to achieve something that's never been done here. And people have caught on to that. And it's, uh, it's definitely men's soccer is a buzz type of thing going on. And uh, another another step for us was to get that buy and to get that respect because there's you can do so much within your strength of schedule but then there's also a human element in the in the NCA selection process and I think um, each year we've garnered a little bit more respect so to still be able to get the the home home game um, you know there's there's still I think some work left to do in terms of our seeding you know given that we dropped all the way to 16 and they're pitting us against the number one seed. I think that's they're kind of saying that uh, you know it's it's going to be a hard road for us. But I I think the the way that we came off of the Vermont game and responded that week in training and how collectively we were uh, uh, put together against UNC, we were playing and feeling like that we're confident and can play with anyone in the country if we perform the way we did the other day and. Um, I think it's going to be a, a great matchup of two teams that want to want to play and move the ball, and um, it will it will definitely test our our tactical tactical acumen of our of the players and staff come come this weekend. Liam, I know each season is different, but was there some kind of feeling of retribution last year? You made the tournament. I say last year it was spring, and wasn't the same. Everything from COVID and fans to an early red card and that tough loss. Getting into it, getting that win against North Carolina and being in to get to the round of 16, is there some feeling of achievement and making up for what could have been last spring? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of had the same team from last year. I mean, we actually got more players this year, and it's just more of an upgrade, honestly. And uh, it's a great thing that we still have our team from last year and the camaraderie that we have with each other. Um, and we've been through a, we've been through a lot, and uh, definitely with that win against UNC was um, a good feeling for us to move forward and really focus on like what we can do as a team and what we can accomplish this year. So, so next up, the Beavers of Oregon State University. Charleston, we talked about Western Iowa, Western Asia. Have you been to the west coast of the United States and Oregon before? Never. <laughs> so you're the guy who's on an island by yourself as the goalie. Of course, the defense helps you out. But what does it mean to you to get the chance to compete against number one in this next game? I think it will be a good challenge. I think the whole locker room believes that we're able to, to pull something off. And um, honestly, it's just been constant good energy since, since the build-up to UNC and now carrying momentum. Hopefully that will help us get through that game and obviously like all the guys on the field and all the guys in the locker room like just that togetherness and uh, just all that combined just right now we're just feeling like we're on top of the world although it's definitely far from over it's just uh, 
it's starting to feel like that, you know. It's starting to carry that momentum going into that game, and we're just looking forward to it. We're just excited. And Liam, is this some kind of our oceans better than your ocean kind of matchup for a New Hampshire guy going out to Oregon, or how are you looking at the Beavers as an opponent? I mean, I think that since we were talking about a little bit how, like, the NCAA is not giving us the respect that we want right now, which is okay because we want to we want to show them who we are as a New Hampshire person in particular. Like I want to show like who I am to the country and like our team because I think we can accomplish our goals and um, I think we can prove a lot of people wrong for sure. You brought this up before, Coach, with the idea of Thanksgiving and families having to pitch, and it's a great time of year for folks who get a break. Students get a break. You don't want a break as a team because this is the most important time of year. But it's got to be difficult, logistically speaking, and knowing that some folks probably want to see their families and may not get the opportunity, and maybe not as many fans who made it to the UNH game or East Coast game will go. So what can you share about how this travel will look? Yeah, I mean, like just coming off of what the guys said, kind of want to follow up that like the team's already gotten to this point before in its history, and it, it like there's more, there's more for us, and um, you know we we want to make that clear. Like it's not like we 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 just got to buy and we beat an ACC team in Durham, and we feel like so accomplished that we can, you know, we're playing with house money, and I think that's not our approach at all. I think it, we're just as focused to, um, you know, go out there and in, in advance and and play to our potential and the uh the way the spring ended you know we felt like we even though we didn't have a full complement of guys down there and we're missing three starters the day before we left uh, greensboro because um, of covid so it, we, we've dealt with so much adversity but we still felt we could have won that game and um and uh there was so much more left for us in that spring given the given the roster and the talent in the locker room and i think this this year maybe because of the dip of um, of the Marquis title game and how often we've been in that position, like our mental approach just wasn't wasn't there, myself included. And your sights are just like consistently set on trying to get to the College Cup and advance in the NCAA tournament. And um, it was really nice to see how we responded. But now going forward, going on the road, it's easy when you're hosting, but going on the road now presents a whole other challenges in terms of travel and prep and how we're getting there. So we're working through that with the NCAA and that's not an easy process on a, on a Thanksgiving travel weekend. And, um, but at the same time, we want to do our best to give our student athletes the best, best chance to be successful and to have as great of experience as possible. So we're trying to do our best to get, to get everyone out there in, in one piece, um, post Thanksgiving, but also give them a chance to be with their families and take some time to, to be grateful for what they've accomplished and to kind of refocus and, come back with a, a renewed sense of energy before we head out to Corvallis. What has the response been like from your colleagues, whether it's other coaches or people across campus? I know the president, Dean, is fond of tweeting, at which is great. I don't know if he speaks to you personally or what you want to share, but what is it like? Because this is not just a, a one-and-done yeah, type the of deal. the post-game communication was very similar if not more than when we won the national championship at southern new hampshire university just how much outreach and um you know people are people are coming out to games that have never been to a game before because of our success and kind of where we're at or the stories that are being shared 
and uh, I think it it's motivating um, to see because I think I think we could draw more I think we can accomplish more um, if we if we continue to, to work hard and, and um, stick to the plan per se uh, I'm kind of losing sight of what you asked but I think uh, do you want to remind me again oh I thought you just keep going right yeah, you yeah, yeah. but it was about who's whether it's colleagues other coaches across campus who yeah. has reached out and shown their yeah, support? Yeah, I mean, pr President Dean did text me, and um, so you know the that's a good feeling when the when the guy in charge is is supporting you, and um, he, he's definitely given on our support in terms of travel and being able to get out there in one piece. And um, I think we 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 carry a chip on our shoulder, and we talk about it all the time. It's like we want to turn this into a soccer school, and that's not. Um, any disrespect to our other programs we just we just want to uh, you know we want to keep building the the culture and and representing the school and and the state on the national level and do you know this is another great opportunity to represent the badge and um, and, and really show the world or show the country that we we belong at this level I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I did not bring up the academic side of things, as we are student-athletes here. So, Liam Bennett, we'll start with you. What is it that you are studying and hoping to do with your degree? Yeah, so right now I'm obviously a junior. I'm in the Paul College. I'm doing business management. Um, and then I hope or my plan is to do grad school here as well. So I'll be here for a little bit longer, which is exciting for sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. Jossam, how about you? So right now I'm, in a, I'm a sociology major. But I'm trying to transfer into the sports management and leadership. So, I know some yeah. people. That's yeah. a good plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure we get we, – and so does Coach Hubbard. Although I don't have Jim Dean's uh, cell phone number. Do you mind <laughs> sharing that with me afterwards, Coach? That's <laughs> nah, okay. He, he's, he's not fond of hearing from me. But um, I just want to wrap this up with <laughs> the – You want to give him some m and <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's welcome anytime. Actually, we have a very good relationship. And for him to watch his former school lose to his current school must have been really satisfying. So – that's yeah. huge. And Oregon State, 9 o'clock Sunday. We don't have a lot of connections there, but we will be glued to it. People will stay awake late. And uh, I don't want to uh, fully assume, but Pac-12 Network was, was putting these things on for free. Um, at least they did in the first round so or second round. So I think uh, that's an easy easy place to, to, to click on the game and um, hopefully watch us uh, perform like we did the other day. That's a good plug for the Pac-12 Network. We'll make it even easier. UNHWildcats.com. Oh. Follow us on our social media Sorry. channels. We will share. No, no, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Sometimes you want to yeah. bypass and go right to the source. That's what makes you one of the best coaches <laughs> yes. in America. Go, but to, go to the website. The website's good. <laughs> Follow us on social media. The social media, by the way, guy. I mean, that's been off the charts, right? If I have to see Bridger Hansen's kick one more time, <laughs> I'll say ten more times. Right. Uh, it, it's it's such a fun world when, when that stuff takes off and ends up on ESPN and everything else. Unbelievable to... to I mean, you're in the game. You're asking them what it's like to play in front of the fans. Like it, it's, it's hard for me, honestly, to even know what's going on in the stadium when I'm coaching in these games. And even, um, I, I think, truly uh, appreciate like a, a moment like that, because um, you're just like tuning in and trying to worry about the next thing and what you need to do. But uh, the fact that that's been replayed so many times, like, just makes you. I mean, just gives you such a good feeling and. Um, there's just so many good moments in, in that game. Um, so I'm, I'm proud that uh, uh, dad-to-be Bridger Hansen was uh, 
is uh, featured and, and getting all this love, but bringing so much more notoriety to um, our school and our state. All right, guys, it is Thanksgiving, all right, so I have to end with this question. Something, and, and Jocelyn, I'm putting you on the spot first, so this gives everybody else a chance to think about it. Name something you are thankful for, grateful for, this particular Thanksgiving 2021. Um, I'm definitely thankful for for my journey and where I'm at right now. Uh, I think the basic answer would be, like, friends and family, but I'm grateful for them, obviously, and just grateful for everyone around me, my team, and our coaching staff for just bringing us to the next level every day. I thought you'd say gravy. All right, well, that, that's a great answer, though. Tough to beat. So what, what are you thankful for, Liam? Uh, just thankful for being a guy from New Hampshire, like being able to represent UNH men's soccer and my family being able to come to the games and just their support for, for me and the team is just amazing. And Coach Hubbard, you get the last word on the five-star UNH Wildcast. Yeah, what are you me, thankful gave for? Gave me some time to think about it. So I did, I did. Thing. I want you to wrap up yeah. because this has been a great show. People yeah. have been listening in, and they'll rewind and for they'll sure. subscribe. I mean, I definitely got emotional after that last game because it just kind of felt so, so good, and I was so proud. So, um, you know, I'll wrap my my family into it. But just being able to have my five kids and and Molly around um, to to sort of see this and grow up in this community is just. No, I'm breaking up now, but it's just an amazing thing. Um, I grew up in the community and, and was ball boying for this team in the early 90s. And so to, I understand what uh, goes into, um, you know, that for a young kid, like being around these guys every day. And um, you know, the fact that my kids get to hang out with these guys every day and, and be able to look up to them, it's just, they're just such great people. And uh Grateful to be coaching this team and, and leading them to uh, greener pastures, and hopefully we can continue that on Sunday. Great times, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll give you some M&Ms on the way out to cheer up Coach <laughs> Hubbard, and we'll, we'll see you guys next round. Such Thanks very softy. much. <laughs> ah, Coach Hubbard, a little bit emotional, just a little bit. But who could blame him? All right, we kid. We downplay a bit what this all means. He has a great personality, really terrific guy to have as a colleague. But you can hear at the end. Make no mistake, friends, the hard work that Mark Hubbard and his staff, Rich Weinribby, Joe Dincheco, Dave Williams, the administration, the players certainly, this is no easy feat. We as Wildcats, as fans, supporters, we all benefit from the success of this program, so we thank them. And Bon Voyage, Wildcats, best of luck. Go get that win on Sunday night, November 28th, 9 o'clock Eastern Time at Oregon State. And you can get the full schedule of all events at unhwildcats.com. But that's going to do it for today's UNH Wildcast, powered by Unitil, as always. Please subscribe if you have not already. Follow the show. And make sure you hit that five-star rating. I don't want people talking bad about you. Five stars only. But until next episode, my name is Mike Murphy. I am your friend, and I join you when I say, Go Cats! Thanks for listening to the UNH Wildcast, the official podcast of the University of New Hampshire Wildcats. The UNH Wildcast is hosted and produced by Mike Murphy, and our intro music is Ultraviolet by Turner. For more information on UNH athletics, visit unhwildcats.com.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.